Employees stuck at home during the great shutdown of 2018 brought to mind the idea of teleworking. Not that many people can work if they're furloughed during a shutdown, but the teleworking movement has lost a little steam in the last few years, and that might be a mistake, says my next guest, Bob Tobias, professor in the Key Executive Leadership Program at American University. And Bob, before we get to the teleworking issues, here we are again, another shutdown. I've lost count of how many there have been in the last 25 years. Me too. And it's one more example of federal employees being pawns in the political process. Because no manager, no leader in the public or the private sector would ever have a shutdown um, as a tool to increase productivity among those in the organization. So the idea that there are shutdowns um, has an incredibly adverse impact on productivity, adverse impact on morale. So why can't the government manage itself so that federal employees can deliver what they've been hired to deliver, that is, service to the public. These lapses in funding actually have a history going back to the 19th century, and there's a great body of law about it. But it seems like in our times, it's become almost expected every year, whereas it used to be something, oh my God, a rarity. So here we are. Now, of course, people might be teleworking in secret, although officially you're not supposed to do any business even for free if you're furloughed. But that does bridge us to the idea of telework, which has not been real popular and had a big boom about 10 years ago. And what are you seeing? What we're seeing with this administration is an arbitrary attempt to limit uh, telework, and I think that's wrong. I think every leader, every manager should use every possible resource to increase productivity. And what every research that's ever been conducted about telework shows that overall productivity increases when people are able to telework. There's no question about that. So what HHS and others have done in the context of their negotiations to try to limit uh, telework to one day a week is incredibly counterproductive. And more importantly, it leads to reduced output rather than increased output, which is associated with telework. So um, there's no question, Tom, that there are some people who are on telework who are not productive and should be removed. But that cannot be an excuse for removing every single person uh, from an opportunity uh, to telework. Is there enough body of research to show that telework does improve productivity? Well, OPM has done research, several pieces of research over time to discover whether um, telework is, uh, increases productivity. Every single time they've done it, it it's shown that uh, productivity increases. And there's a myriad of research in the private sector that similarly shows that telework increases uh, productivity overall. What do you think are the best types of work that lend themselves to telework? Well, I think that um, the easiest kind of telework is work that can be measured um, easily. The more easily the work is measured, the more easily um, telework can occur, or telework um, can be, that the productivity of telework can be measured. When uh, people who are knowledge workers are writing reports and doing that kind of work. It's harder to measure whether they're more productive or not. And what happens is that some managers stop managing. They stop talking to the people that they're um, supposed to be leading to find out how they're doing, to get a sense of how productive they are. And then 
they say, well, you're not productive. You better come in to work so that I can watch you. But that's a great myth because no supervisor stands behind a person in a cubicle to see whether they're sleeping or whether they're working. Um, so it doesn't solve the problem by eliminating telework. What's needed is more effective managing and leading um, to make sure that those who are teleworking are performing, um, are performing the assignments they're given. We're speaking with Bob Tobias, a professor in the Key Executive Leadership Program at American University. And I think managers that I've spoken with that are skeptical, let's say, of teleworking tend to focus on the communication aspect. It's hard to walk over and just chat with a person or have an impromptu meeting. And the technologies are there to replace some of that, but they're not as effective as that in-person impromptu. Is there a way around that or, or is that all that important? Well, um, it is important. I think it is important to be able to walk over and have a conversation with someone um, and uh, say, well, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? But that productivity that you just described, um, at least in the tests, is offset by the ability to telework, by the ability to telework. So I think that leaders who have a large number of people who are teleworking have to be more creative and they have to have maybe more contact, telephonic contact, contact um, or Skype contact in order to say, well, what about this or what about that? Just because someone is teleworking, they shouldn't be out of mind. It should be another way of leading people more effectively. Bob Tobias is a professor in the Key Executive Leadership Program at American University. As always, thanks so much. Thank you, Tom. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, Confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online.